This podcast is all about learning more about ourselves by learning more about God. Scripture tells us that we are to love God and love others. So let us be part of your journey of loving others to make a difference in our culture. Together, we can revitalize kindness. You know, we just had the Super Bowl and we had a couple of what a lot of people are calling the Jesus commercials. And here's something that that organization called He Gets Us says. So what could possibly be louder and more powerful than hate? Love can, but not just any love. Confounding love, unconditional love, sacrificial love, the love we see in Jesus. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the podcast as we talk about love and kindness. God is love. Welcome to Revitalized Kindness Podcast. My name is Dave Weaver. And I'm Yvette Walker. And welcome to this episode of the podcast where it's called Love is Kind. And as you know, if you're listening today, today is Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day. Uh, well, early Valentine's Day, really, uh, Yvette, to you because we're recording this prior to this. But happy Valentine's Day to everyone. Yvette, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Happy Valentine's Day to you and your wife. Things, yeah, are, things are going well here. Weather has not been too crazy. Right. <laughs> Which always makes my day. <laughs> I know. And as we record today, prior to our recording, I did talk to my, my boss at work and he said there were four tornadoes or, or, or they in Atlanta. Oh, and I don't I haven't confirmed it, but he was saying that it was some bad weather coming through. And we actually got some thunderstorms a few hours afterwards. We're in North Carolina. Mm. So, yeah, hopefully the weather is good now as we celebrate Valentine's Day. Now, I got a couple facts I want to read. It, these were really interesting. Um, and this is called, well, it's the top six facts about Valentine's Day. I got this from a website called WalletHub.com. And I'll put the link in there for you all to look if you want to read more. Um, here's one. 23.9 billion. What does that come from? What do you think that number is attached to? Yvette, $23.9 billion of what? Flowers. Yeah, now, that, now they break it down, but they say that's the total Valentine's Day spending projected. Now, this was for 2022, so mm. we don't know what to, this year is going to look like. Um, which that $175 per person celebrating mm, that, I mean, I guess well, that's right. That has to be dinner yes. and flowers and yeah, and, and everything. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I will say that that's not happening in my household. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say that's some expensive flowers. 175. Wow. Um, 235 versus or 235 dollars versus 119 dollars. So that is a figure or, or, or a stat that men will spend almost twice as much as women. So they figure that men will spend about 235 dollars. Women will spend about 119 dollars. Although although I did read. So I don't know what this means, but I did read also that I think it was a really high percentage. It was in the 70 percentile range that of women are of, of 
women are responsible for sending Valentine's Day cards. So of the Valentine's Day cards that are sent out or given, about 70% or so are women. So men, what are you doing? No cards. I mean, in that hundred, what is it? $175. We're not getting a card. Come on, guys. We got to do better. Listen, I I believe that. I believe that. My husband's not into cards at all. I totally believe that. Yeah. You know, and this year we noticed with Christmas, we noticed that we got less cards than prior. So I kind of wonder, is that a a trend uh, around the board with cards and just because greeting cards used to be big. I mean, everybody, and I don't know, maybe e-cards took that or... Maybe, but I hope not, though. I I will say that that I'm part of that statistic this year because I had a box of cards that I ordered from Etsy that an artist friend of mine made, and they got here after we'd already left for our our Christmas trip to see family. So I usually am a big card sender. In the past, I have sent 100 cards out, but yeah, definitely did not do that this year. Just, Just sent a few. Now, with flowers, they did say $2.3 billion would be spent alone on flowers. And okay, then, that makes sense. And then $6.2 billion on jewelry and candy got at $2.2 billion. So, almost as much money spent on candy as there would be flowers. So, we got $2.2 billion for flowers, $2.3 billion for, or for, for the other way around. Tip. Here's a tip, guys. We don't want candy. Okay. We don't, we don't want candy. We want either flowers or jewelry. That's okay, a, that's a tip for you. <laughs> but then that should drop. Then so next year we're looking at 2024. We want to see candy drop, guys. Sorry, candy uh, manufacturers, but that's just the truth. <laughs> I mean, they get it all year long. I and mean, Halloween, you got Christmas and all that. Yeah. Come on, they don't need yeah. it anyway. All right, so let's see what else we got here. Overall, online dating activity increases across the U.S. between February 30 or February 1st through February the 14th, and they say it's a 33% increase of dating activity or online dating activity. I can believe that. And I know when I and I was thinking when I read that, I was thinking of back in like high school, middle school, maybe even in elementary school when you didn't have a Valentine. And you felt bad because you didn't have a Valentine. So the guy mm-hmm. was like, you know, or maybe the girl too was, was like, okay, I got to get, cause I, I talked to one of my students last year and he was feeling down because he didn't have anybody to call his Valentine mm-hmm. this year um, or that last year. And so last one I've got here says share of Americans who say that romantic gestures are more important to them now than they were pre-pandemic and that is 58 percent of americans say that romantic gestures are more important to them now than they were pre-pandemic so anyway just a couple little uh facts about some stats about buying stuff and all of the things that we probably expect during valentine's day I think that your statistic, though, about wanting romantic gestures more, we were all in the house with each other. Many people were with each other and we probably got lazy and and, and not respectful and not attentive enough to each other as a couple. And so, yeah, I bet that's true that people want that, that women, women probably want it. Yeah, I I can see that because, yeah, you're right, because a lot of before the pandemic a lot of a lot more people worked and they had to spend a number of hours apart mm-hmm. and now they're all together all the time so that can make a difference 
All right, let me ask this question. Who out there thinks that Cupid is an angel? Is Cupid an angel? That's the question, maybe. Um, well, maybe. We'll see. What what does it say? Let's, what, we got this. I think, where did this come from? Might have come from good housekeeping. Um, I'll put the link in the notes, but he's the charming cherub that appears on Valentine's Day cards, often depicted with a bow and arrow. But how did Cupid become a common symbol of Valentine's Day? And according to Time, I think it's the Time magazine, the figure can actually be traced all the way back to 700 B.C. to the Greek god of love named Eros, who was actually a handsome, immortal man with intimidating power to make people fall in love so that's the cupid that we we all know and love throughout uh this this particular holiday so we're talking about love today and and of course i think when we get to valentine's day a lot of the stuff that we do really is just traditional it's kind of mechanical in terms of the what we the expectation um you know we've got the flowers we got the candy we've got all those stats that prove those are some of the more common thing and i think sometimes too with love when we think about the word love uh, a lot of people would agree with this that love is just overused in our society to to the point that it just doesn't really have much meaning or flavor anymore because we can love everything right and we attach that word to so many different things everything from pizza to a favorite show to you name it, a sports team. I mean, just so many different things that we we love and we profess that love quite frequently. Uh, things, again, that really yeah, don't even really have much to do with love. So, but the Bible tells us, if we look at Scripture, it does tell us tons about love. It tells us about God's love, and it tells us about the type of love that we should have. So one of the most famous verses, of course, when we talk about love, guess what that is, Vam? I'm going to put you on the spot. What verse or chapter in what book does this most famous like uh, uh, dialogue or, or, or writing about love come from? And I should know this because it was in my wedding service. See? <laughs> it's in a, trouble it, now. It's from Corinthians. That's right. You but were I'm right. I'm trying to remember if it's, I think it's, who is it first or second? I'm going to say first. Well, there you go. And she's correct. Okay. It is from first Corinthians. Now, chapter 13, all through that chapter, it talks about love. And um, let's look here. In the first verses one through three, the word love is mentioned three times in the context. And I'm reading from a gotquestions.org right now. I'll put that link in there as well. It says in verses one through three, the word love is mentioned three times in the context of great religious endeavors, which are nothing without love. Um, then Paul begins to paint a picture of love's qualities, and one of the first strokes of his brush reveals that love is kind. All right. Kindness is noted um, as part of the fruits of the spirit, which me and Yvette love. Uh, yep. Love is also in the in the list, revealing the, the close connection between love and kindness. Uh, living a life of love marked by kindness is one aspect of living in a way 
that pleases God. All right, so there's there's plenty of other verses in the scripture that talks about love. So we'll give you a few more, um, and then I would I would encourage you to just go search scripture for for these verses. Um, and First Corinthians, we'll stick with Corinthians uh, to to begin with. First Corinthians chapter sixteen, verses thirteen and fourteen say, "Be alert, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong." do everything in love. So that kind of echoes the beginning of chapter 13 in first uh, Corinthians, because it talks about doing all these activities, but do them in love because without that they're useless, basically in terms of the kingdom of God. Um, <clears throat> then we got Colossians three fourteen. above all, Put on love with the perfect bonity or bonity, the bond of unity. I'm making up new words tonight. Uh, <laughs> that's first awesome. I thought, at first, I thought you were going to say bonnet and put on love with the bonnet. <laughs> put your bonnet yeah. on and do it. <laughs> yeah, dress up like, uh, I don't know, a pilgrim, whatnot. And <laughs> <laughs> Little House on the Prairie, maybe. They showed a lot of love. That, that's true. That was a good series. Yeah, it was. It was. They don't make TV like that anymore. No. Well, maybe they do. I just don't watch the program. I don't know. Man. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wanted to read a little bit of that that chapter, though. I, I remember uh, I remember reading that, and sometimes when I read something like it, when it says, above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity, <laughs> what is above all? Above all what, right? Uh, that's my question that I'm going to ask. Um, so I'm going to go back to verses 12 and 13, just prior to that, where it says, therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So those are the things they want us to put on, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, sometimes difficult, right? Mm. If anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also are to forgive. And then again, it says, above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. All right. So those things aren't always easy, but just put on love. And you got to do, you got to think about, <clears throat> well, again, we, we're, we're changed. And I think we're going to... Um, I was reading something. Let me see if this is this is actually something we're going to talk about in a different episode. So I'll 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 digress. But I'm getting facts mixed up now. Um, let me give you another verse. First Peter four eight. And again, this is another. It says above all, and it begins with like that. It says above all, maintain constant love to one another, since love covers a multitude of sins. So I think it's important, first of all, that it says above all. Uh, um, because there's those other things are important. And so it's not saying that those things are unimportant. Kindness is important. I mean, this is what this show's primarily about. But love is the main thing, right? And so above all, love others, because without that love, those other things are just kind of trivial, if you will. And then it says, but love covers a multitude of sins in First Peter 4, 8. So what what does what does that mean exactly? Um, and I got a couple. Good question. 
Yeah, it is because when I read that, I've, I've often like, well, what does that mean? Cover sin. So mm-hmm. I just love people and I'm good, right? <laughs> as long as I'm loving others, I do what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> Some people might read it that way, though. That's the thing. Yeah, but think about it. If you, if you truly, if you truly are loving people, mm-hmm. like if you're loving others and loving God, then how far? off can you go i mean if you're really doing that right that's true so that's a good point if you are truly loving others then you probably are not going to go to those places where you might offend hurt and and things like that right and i think that's what you're saying Mm -hmm. um one of the sources i looked at i believe this is again this from gotquestions.org um but i've got another one i want to read here from another source but they say a couple things about it. They say first to cover sins is to forgive it. And forgiveness is associated with love. The best example of love that covers sin is Jesus sacrificial death on, on our behalf. Jesus's prayer from the cross was father, forgive them. And that says it all, um, which, yeah. And, you know, I was talking about a guest that we're, we're, we're going to have in the future. I'm reading his book right now. It's called uh, forgiven the nightmare. And it's by a gentleman by the name of Mark Sowersby. And the type of forgiveness this brother exemplifies in, in this in this book. And we'll talk more about it when once we get on uh, the line with him and, and talk more. But, yeah, it's just it's amazing what love can actually overcome. And that comes through through God. Right. Because, yeah, as we'll talk about in a minute. God is love. Um, but also they say love also covers over a multitude of sins in that it does not gossip about sin rather than share the offense to our, uh, of our brothers and sisters in Christ with anyone who will listen. We exercise discretion and restraint. So love changes our attitudes and our actions in, in that way. So it kind of in those way, in that way, it prevents sins, you know, because if you start to what, if you start to talk about others behind their back and, and, and start all that mess, start division within your, the body of Christ or within your, your family, then you're sinning. You are sinning because it's not the way God wants us to be. So love in this case overtakes those types of actions and, and promotes a different, a different way. Um, and John MacArthur, MacArthur, if you want to say it like that, writes this. He says, it is the nature of true spiritual love wherever from God to man or Christian to Christian to cover sins. This teaching does not preclude the discipline of a sinning, unrepentant church member. It means specifically that a Christian should overlook sins against um against others if possible and always be ready to forgive insults of um, of unkindness just to say that if somebody sins against you be ready to forgive uh, that brother or sister um, and we have to take that sort of attitude in love and in in, in christ um, because if we not then we become part of the problem you know i've always been a proponent at work and especially when i was a leader it was just to think about if because the question was actually presented to me one time, what is your um, what is your part in this issue? Or if you're having a problem with a team member, 
What is your part in it? And you may look hey, at first in your first perspective or your first look at the problem and you knowing in your heart or in your, uh, I don't know, I guess in your expertise that this person is doing the wrong thing. They're, they're going against policy procedure or whatever, but how did I react to that person? How am I treating that person on the day to day? It got me to think about just my day to day, how I treated them, what was my part in it? And when I did that, I realized that I was actually avoiding them and, and doing things that really I, I shouldn't be doing a, as a leader, but their actions caused me to have a reaction, which wasn't a good one, of course. So, yeah, just thinking about what, what is my part, and I think love can help in God and God's, of course, God's leadership, his, and him being a shepherd can help us make those right decisions. I agree. I agree. Um, you know, at work, I've always said that we don't have to be friends with everyone, but we have to we have to respect them. We have to treat them with kindness and we have to be fair in our dealings with our colleagues. And um, I think if we can do that again, everyone doesn't have to be friends because that's, you know, not possible. And in, in many ways, probably not a good thing. But we can be kind, we can be fair, we can treat people with respect. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we, we need to be doing that for sure. Um, where does love come from? Might be, might be a philosophical question that somebody might ask. And I would say God comes, or love comes from God. And, and scripture writes about that. John wrote about that in 1 John 4, 8. Um, let me actually, I'm going to look that up. Pause just for a second with me, guys. I want to look it up because I want to read this scripture to you. And I think what we're going to have to do, we're going to have to read. Sometimes when you read scripture, you read a verse, especially if it's a familiar one. If we don't quite understand it, I think it is a good, um, good habit to kind of maybe start back to either the beginning of a chapter or a phrase or not the phrase, but like. Um, just to t- try to get it in context, if you can uh, do your best with that. Before First uh, John chapter four verse eight says, "The one who does not love does not know God, because God is love." Hmm. And I'll read verse nine. God's love was revealed among us in this way: God sent His one and only Son into the world, so that we might live through him so if you read that some people might say well i don't agree with that um because some people might uh, some people might take offense to that because again it says the one who does not love does not know god and and there might be people that if we christians uh maybe read that to a non-believer that definitely may offend them because they're they may say well i do love my children and I do love my wife, that does not mean because I don't know your God or just because I don't believe in your God does not mean that I can't love. I'm not able to love. <clears throat> but I think one thing that's important, and I hope I'm, I've am i got this cornered sort of, I, and I believe this is the, the right thinking at least. I think one thing that we have to consider is the audience that he was writing to He's mainly writing to other Christians. So this really isn't a statement that's meant for an unbeliever. Um, John MacArthur said this about that statement. He said, someone may 
profess to be a Christian, but only those who display love like their heavenly father actually possess his divine nature and are truly born again. Um, now, I, even that statement might step on people's toes a little bit. And I can understand that. I mean, it's pretty, it's a pretty strong statement. If you think about it, I mean, yeah, I mean, someone, you, you, there's a lot of people out there that profess, he's saying there's, there's a lot of people that might profess to be a Christian, but those who've displayed love or that, that display love, like their heavenly father actually possesses divine nature and are truly born again. So he's, there's a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of folk that are, that are Christian that are just, they're bitter. Sometimes they're mean. And so it might, it may step on people's toes because they may know somebody like that. And and then questions may come up in their mind. Well, are they really saved? But of course that's between them and God. Um, but I, I definitely think that is something that we need to take to heart and really just kind of like, if anything, we sort of need to, um, I don't know. I think, I think we need to think through those statements and reconsider. Cause I have to reflect if I read something like that and it steps on my toes and it comes from the word of God, especially then I know it's time for me to reflect um, because maybe I'm not doing something. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm not doing something right in my life. Maybe there's something that I can change where I can show the love of God better. Um, so what do you think that again, that's a harsh statement. What's your thoughts on that? You know, I think that when people take offense at something in the Bible, um, if it's, if it is hitting something deep in their spirit, it's because either they're being convicted about something or, or either they don't understand it. And I think it's interesting because that scripture says something and then people want to turn it around. It says, if you don't love, you don't know God. Mm. It doesn't say if you don't know God, you can't love. It doesn't say that. It says if you if you can't love or don't love, you don't know God. I believe God made us to love. I mean, babies come in, babies come out with with instant connections. They you know they feel love. They give love. I think that the older we get and into the world we get changes us from when we are children to adults. I think God makes us, made us to love. But if we don't love, then we don't know God because God is love. Mm. Amen. And, you know, this letter that John wrote, I mean, all through it, if you go, if you back up to, um, well, I think it's just one verse really, but uh, for chapter four, verse seven says, dear friends, let us love one another because love is from God. And everyone who loves has been born of God. Um, I'll back up even further. Um, dear friends, and this is the beginning of chapter four. Uh, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see if they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out in the world. This is how you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, but every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. But I think this letter, though, I mean, just the tone of it and everything, I really think there's a there's definitely a pastoral heart, a pastor, a pastoral heart in this because he is definitely trying to, I think, 
uh, encourage and, and, you know, um, just to really to, uh, gosh, I, again, I think sometimes we, we have to hear those, those hard, strong words sometimes, even in, even in life, not just, not just thinking about faith. I mean, sometimes, you know, you'll, you'll have a friend and they'll just tell you the truth about something and nobody else would, but it's exactly what you needed to hear. I mean, I'm sure you and I and others listening to this has been in that, that position at least once in their life where somebody was just straight up and told them. Mm -hmm. So that's what God's word's doing. And sometimes we don't want to hear, but we, maybe we need to hear those things. And again, I think they're an encouragement. I don't don't see it as a discouragement because again, it, it's a, it's convicting, but it is a reminder of who I am and who God Mm -hmm. made me to be. And that's what we need to, that's where we need to focus. Right. And so again, this is this and this is all I had for this particular episode, but I think I think it's a I mean, gosh, I wish we could talk more and more about love. And I think this is just one aspect of thinking about kindness. And again, this season we're talking about biblical kindness. And I really think love and kindness go hand in hand. Um, and again, so when we think about Valentine's Day, we often think commercially minded. But maybe we should think more biblically minded. But the good news about love in Scripture is it's something that we can do every day. It's not a once a day or once a year type of thing. It might be for some, but hey, it shouldn't be. Our world would be a better place if we professed his name more and we we mirrored what the the God that we serve is. And he is love. And so, again, I encourage though everyone to dig into Scripture, maybe do a word study. Everybody probably at this point has a Bible app. Go in the search, type in love, and look at all the verses that it pulls up. I should have done a count. I didn't, but I have done it before in another study I did. There's several hundred uh, references to love in the Scripture, Old Testament and the New Testament. So again, I encourage you to do that because it's good to understand where you come from. I mean, uh, you know, we say that in life too. You know, it, we sometimes people don't understand me because they don't understand where I came from. Um, but we got to understand where we come from as a Christian, and I think reading Scripture is a big part of that. Um, speaking to God every day is a big part of that. So I think this is a, a great reminder to us that we can revitalize kindness through love. And I encourage everybody to do that. Um, and so, yeah, this was just a great time. Vet, uh, do you have any final thoughts about about our topic today? It's just such a good topic and on a, you know, and on a good day. And I would say um, men and women out there who, you know, they're trying to, to buy something to make the other person happy. Don't forget about kindness. You know, just treating your your spouse, your partner with with kindness can mean a whole lot. And um, maybe even more than those hundreds of dollars of flowers you're going to buy. That's right. Lots more. It's going to do more for you know, people. Hey, money and 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 merchandise they come and go but love can stand forever and christ stands forever so i encourage you again to get into scripture love others 
as he would have you do. Till next time, we'll see you on the next episode.